On June 21st, 217 BC, a heavy mist rolled over the hills surrounding Lake Trasimene's north shore. The newly elected consul, Flaminius, was watching his soldiers march down the road. All one could hear were the sound of heavy footsteps from over 30,000 Roman soldiers bouncing off the forested hills to their left onto the emerald waters on their right. Flaminius and his soldiers were filled with excitement. Soon they'd be facing the menacing Hannibal, who had gotten lucky in his last major victory against the might of Rome. But now, they were ready. With typical Roman aggression, Flaminius was marching to take the fight to Hannibal, to hurl him back to Carthage. So it was with confidence and pride he looked on as his soldiers' boots shook the earth. As the soldiers cut their way through the dense morning fog, Shouts and the pounding of metal roared through the mist. Slowly, Flaminius heard the sounds roll towards him down the Roman columns. Confused, Flaminius peered into the fog to see what was happening. But then, the shouts came for him. Demons lurched from the fog rolling down the thickly wooded hills. Flaminius wildly started issuing commands to form up and prepare to send these demons back to the underworld. But these were no demons. They were something far worse. These were Hannibal's Carthaginian veterans, men who were forged by piercing their way from Spain all the way through the Alps into Italy, led by a man who could not be defeated in battle. But regardless, Flaminius attempted to keep order as his men fought on. Inch by inch, the Carthaginians thrusted the Romans towards the lake. But inch by inch, the Romans refused to give in to defeat. After some time, Flaminius's horse was knee-deep in the cold waters of the lake. Nevertheless, the Carthaginians continued to slaughter the Romans. But after hours of watching his men slowly get dragged to the underworld by the Carthaginian demons, Flaminius felt a sudden blow to his head. All went black. A few days later, back in Rome, Marcus Pompeianus mounted the speaker stage in the Forum. With a heavy heart, he announced to an anxious crowd, Pugna Magni Victi Sumus. We have been defeated in a great battle. The rumors of how in three hours at Lake Trasimene, a powerful consular army, along with its consul, was destroyed, were true. Panic electrified Rome. Hannibal was a week's march from Rome itself, and in the past six months, he had destroyed the major armies Rome had in the field. For the Romans, it seemed any day the demons would swarm their city. But there was one man who had the calm and the poise to save Rome from Pluto's dark realm, Quintus Fabius Maximus. Fabius would save Rome from destruction. He raised and trained an army to give Rome the breathing space she needed to recover from two major disasters. Through focusing on generating small wins for Rome, he turned the tide of war and drove one of the greatest commanders in all of history out of Italy. So how did Fabius lift Rome back off its knees into a fighting force? Well, let's dive into Fabius Maximus.
Episode 6, The Shield of Rome. While panic swept through Rome, it was clear that extraordinary measures needed to be taken. They needed to appoint a dictator. The Romans were typically terrified of a central ruler, but it was clear that their usual system of two consuls would not save them from Hannibal. So the Romans elected Fabius as their dictator. He had a huge task in front of him. Save Rome. However, the approach he would take was not popular among his fellow Romans. They saw the road to victory as marching to Hannibal and defeating him in a glorious single battle. But Fabius realized that that option was just not possible. He knew Hannibal was a more complex and difficult problem that could not be solved in one day. He saw that Hannibal would require lots of little steps to be solved. To start, Fabius recognized his two major goals were restore confidence in the army and avoid disasters like Lake Trasimene. Restoring the army's confidence looked a lot like climbing a massive mountain. The tallest peak of the mountain consisted of his army, which was filled with raw recruits and other soldiers who were mortified of Hannibal's might. They had no experience to draw on for confidence. Additionally, the Romans were on a bit of a losing streak. Their past two losses were not just regular defeats. They had been embarrassed by Hannibal. And to make matters worse, Hannibal was burning and looting the Italian countryside, which was where the soldiers' homes were. The only thing they could do was sit and watch as Hannibal and his veteran army consumed their homes and the homes of their countrymen. In all, the mountain Fabius had to climb was lack of experience, defeatism, and embarrassment. To solve this mountainous problem, Fabius used the idea of small wins. To start, he made sure while his men were campaigning that they were regularly drilled, so day by day, his raw recruits were forced to work together, train, and drill. One by one, each soldier became more and more competent. As in the words of the future Julius Caesar, without training, they lacked knowledge. Without knowledge, they lacked confidence. Without confidence, they lacked victory. Fabius was ensuring that his men, day by day, won these small victories of drill and training, which gave them knowledge, which bolstered their confidence. Step by step, they were starting to climb the mountain of Roman confidence. To build on those steps, he would only engage in small skirmishes against Hannibal. Through the skirmishes, the soldiers applied what they had been drilling and training. They were getting more comfortable with their officers and fighting as a unit. So again, skirmish by skirmish, the soldiers' confidence improved. No longer were the Carthaginians demons to the Romans. There were men who could bleed. Through small win after small win, Fabius peaked the jagged mountain of Roman confidence. The next step Fabius would take to save Rome was to employ what would become known as the Fabian strategy. The Fabian strategy consists of avoiding pitched battles to wear down your enemy through more indirect methods. His strategy was a dagger to the heart of Hannibal, since Hannibal's weakness was not in pitched battles, but in supplying his army. Hannibal had no direct supply chain and had to essentially live off the land 
through raids. Combined with this weakness was his need to win over Rome's Italian allies. And the only way to accomplish that was through winning major victories over the Romans. By avoiding pitched battles, Fabius was hurting Hannibal's supply chain and his chance to gain allies. In addition to playing to Hannibal's weaknesses, his strategy helped strengthen Rome's weaknesses. The past six months had been hard on the Romans. They needed space to recover from the disasters of losing their armies. Through avoiding pitched battles, Fabius was saving valuable, exhausted Roman manpower. To sum it up, Fabius' strategy was to grind down Hannibal through constantly harassing his foraging parties and avoiding major battles with him. This strategy was very similar to the way he transformed his men into experienced soldiers. He was going to handle the Hannibal problem through small win after small win, instead of trying to leap over the mountain that was Hannibal. However, again, the Romans hated this strategy. They wanted Fabius to go up and punch Hannibal right in the face, but that's just what Hannibal wanted. He had won his major victories by playing Rome's aggression against themselves. So Fabius ignored his fellow Romans. He knew his strategy of small wins would get the job done. So day by day, Fabius shadowed Hannibal. And day by day, Hannibal found himself scrambling for food and without additional Italian allies. Small win by small win, his plan was working. Hannibal was squirming under the pressure of Fabius's shadow. He would consistently try to get Fabius to fight in a pitched battle through tricks and traps. But Fabius ignored them, and his strategy ground Hannibal's plans to a halt. So while these small wins was not as glorious or as pretty as winning a pitched glorious battle, it was slowly grinding down Hannibal. At the end of the campaigning season, Fabius had to lay down his dictatorship. He had done his job. Rome was back on its feet after getting nearly knocked out after the disaster of Lake Trasimene. His strategy, while it may have been unpopular, had worked brilliantly. Through gaining as many small wins as possible, he climbed the mountain of Roman confidence and began climbing the mountain of defeating Hannibal. But it seems some in Rome had not paid attention to the core concepts of what had made them successful. Because instead of letting Hannibal run out of gas, the new consuls would attempt to stop the semi-truck that was Hannibal by running right into it. Gaius Vero awoke on August 2nd, 216 BC with the same excitement and pride that filled Flaminius almost a year earlier. It was Varro's day to command the Roman legions. His co-consul Paulus had commanded the day before. But Varro knew today would be the day his name would be cemented as the destroyer of Hannibal. He could already envision the triumph in the celebrations which waited for him back in Rome. As he envisioned the cheers of his fellow Roman citizens, he admired the sight of his 80,000-man army. He had ordered them to prepare to crush Hannibal's puny 40,000-man army. 
A few hours later, Varro was watching them march out of their camp onto the fields of Canae. He no longer saw all 80,000 men, since the dust they kicked up was almost as worse as the fog at Lake Trasimene. The view of his soldiers continued to bolster his confidence. 80,000 of Rome's finest, all on a field which was no larger than five or six miles. Meanwhile, he looked curiously at the tiny army of Hannibal aligning on the other side in a crescent shape protruding towards him. But Varro disregarded it and took up his command of cavalry on the Roman left. After a few more hours of organization, the fighting was starting to begin. Like waves crashing on the shore, the Romans crashed into Hannibal's lines. Steadily, the Romans eroded Hannibal's center. Varro was ecstatic. Victory was near. He continued to push and encourage his men, and the Romans continued to push back the Carthaginian center. But while he was encouraging his men, Carthaginian cavalry appeared. Varro was all of a sudden in the middle of a dangerous fight. Then him and his Roman cavalry on the left were fleeing. But while he fled, he was still confident that Rome's infantry would break Hannibal's center at any moment. And then he'd be back in Rome celebrating his triumph. However, that was not the case. As the Romans pushed back Hannibal's center, Hannibal was luring them into a devastating trap because eventually Hannibal's crescent had been reversed. The Romans were moving themselves into Hannibal's death trap. As they funneled themselves into the now reversed crescent, their numerical superiority turned against them. Their mobility was gone. In addition, stout infantry on the left and the right started closing in on the Romans. The icing on the cake for Hannibal was the cavalry, which had just routed Varro, swung around the Romans' rear to seal off the crescent. The Romans were encircled. Their movement was now completely constrained by Hannibal's noose. The only thing left for them to do was die. Over the rest of the day, the Carthaginians slaughtered the Romans like sheep. By the end of it, Livy reports over 50,000 Italians died on the fields of Cannae. Varro's name would be cemented in history, not as the destroyer of Hannibal, but the destroyed by Hannibal. Rome had been defeated in a great battle again. Like Lake Trasimene, Rome surged with panic. It did really seem that any day Hannibal would walk into Rome and destroy it once and for all. All of Fabius's fears were coming true. The failure of Rome was felt throughout all of Italy. Allies were flocking to Hannibal because time after time he'd embarrassed the Romans. But once again, Fabius was there to save the day. Like the first time, he needed to calm down Rome and build their confidence back up. He applied the same methodology as last time. However, this time, the aggressive Romans realized the wisdom of it. So he built his army up by slowly improving them. In addition, he kept gnawing away 
at Hannibal by avoiding major confrontations. Again, these small wins built Rome back up. Fabius's small wins overcame one of the greatest military disasters of all time. And by continuing to follow his strategy, small win after small win knocked Hannibal out of Italy. While Hannibal had not been defeated in a glorious battle in Italy, he was still driven out of Italy. Fabius realized Hannibal was a more complex and serious problem. He viewed Hannibal like a mountain. He could not just leap over him. Fabius knew Rome had to conquer him one step at a time. So Fabius broke Hannibal down into a bunch of smaller victories. He made sure he was achieving wins wherever he could. His men were transformed from raw recruits and trained men from drilling them day after day. And those trained men would transform into confident soldiers through Fabius constantly winning small skirmishes. Both these actions gave Rome a powerful army and much needed confidence after Lake Trasimene and Cannae. While his men were gaining experience and confidence, step by step he was draining Hannibal by hurting his supplies and hurting his chances for Italian allies. Day by day, Hannibal felt the pressure of hunger from Fabius and the frustration of not gaining Italian allies through Fabius avoiding pitched battles. Then, even after a major failure like Cannae, it wasn't the end of Rome. Most civilizations would have collapsed after such a defeat. But Fabius stayed the course and pulled Rome from the brink of destruction. While his strategy might not have been the most popular, it drove Hannibal out of Rome. It might not look like it at the time, but small wins can achieve major victories. Because Fabius focused on producing so many small wins like training and skirmishes instead of attempting battles like Cannae, he drove Hannibal out of Italy and saved Rome twice. The lesson from Fabius is that small wins take problems that seem like mountains and steadily conquer them step by step. As always, you can check out the sources for today's episode on Twitter at LessonsFromTL. In addition, if you enjoyed the show, leave a review on iTunes. Reviews help give me the motivation to continue to work on the show. See you all again in two weeks.